did we find the silver bullet that every Lutheran church is looking for? Or did we find Lady Gaga and the Dalai Lama talking about violence in our cities? Stay tuned. A radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I I like how he ran in the room thinking that you accidentally articulated baptism incorrectly. Like, wait a minute, you're mistaken. He said to me, you sound like a heretic. Right, yeah. It wasn't like, boy, they must be playing a game where they're articulating someone else's belief. It was, I think Pastor Wolfmiller is off his rocker. (laughs) I'm I'm a little bit disturbed that you think that I would actually teach that about baptism, Pastor Fleming. And it's so, 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 so deserved to be crunched. I mean, mega crunch. So, uh, if you guys would put mega, mega crunch. crunch on the song, that would be awesome. <laughs> Keep uh, preaching the word, pastors. Keep it mediocre. Mediocre and hilarious. A podcast you need like another hole in the head? This is Table Talk Radio. And I've today- got one, two, three, four, five. Do eyes count? I've got five holes in my head. <laughs> Right, you need another one, like you need Table Talk Radio. Uh, oh, I, I get you. Uh-huh. Oh, so you were being sarcastic. Uh-huh. Oh, was was that allowed on this show? Oh, I get it. Remember? Do you remember the time that we were accused of being snarky and just giggling yes. too much? So we did the entire show yeah. without laughing? No no laughing, no snark. The no- snarkless show. <laughs> that, that was tough. It was kind of like, you know, when... When uh, you start laughing in church and you're not supposed to, and it just makes it even more difficult. That was back in the old days, the good old days of the theological cross-dressing controversy. Uh, let's not <laughs> talk about that again. You know how you know when you go over to Germany, by the way, uh, and they everyone's trying to figure out what to do with Luther. One of the things they do is they talk about how he invented all these words uh, to just to, to translate the Bible because they had all these different German dialects and he had to bring them together. And I was like, I wonder if I've invented any words. And it came to mind that this is my my contribution to the <laughs> vocabulary of theology and that's the phrase theological cross right. in for, fact i'm going to make that my buzzword okay but for okay good because for those who haven't been listening for more than you know 10 shows they have no idea what you're talking about so you're going to have to define what you mean by theological crossdresser my buzzword is theological crossdresser and that is we were you tricked me one time and we're reading we were playing name that church body and you were reading some church website and it said uh, people are confused when they come to our church. They see all the evangelical lights and worship, and we worship just like the Protestants and all this sort of stuff. But we're really Lutheran, and people are surprised to find out that we're Lutheran. And I said that is theological crossdressing. That's what that means. <laughs> evangelical style, Lutheran substance. You just can self-identify any way you want to. Well, at least you've contributed something to the theological dialogue. That, oh yeah, that's right, and that's relevant, you know. This is this and, is how it is, you know. I mean, because because theological self-expression is was long preceded, kind of gender self-expression. Because you know, you talk to someone and they'd be like, "Hey, where do you go to church?" They're like, well, I go to a Presbyterian church. And I'm like, "Oh, that's really sad. You shouldn't believe that Jesus only died for the elect." And like, I don't believe that. Well, what, what you so your theology doesn't match with your confession. That's what happens when your 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 mental gender doesn't match with your external gender. It's the same phenomenon. It's all Gnosticism, hmm. anyway. What, it, how did you get me started on this? I don't know, what? but it is interesting that um, it used to be that uh, 
your membership at a church at least said something uh, publicly about what you believe. So if you join the you know the Lutheran Church, you probably believe what that Lutheran Church body believes. If you join the Baptist Church, you probably believe what Baptist believes, and so on and so forth. And now you have this great—I mean, the last 20 years, you have this great non-denominational uh, uh, popularity where you join a church that is marked by its— uh, lack of a confession. <laughs> so we, we're a gathering of people who don't confess what we believe. That's right. It's like, remember that scene in Crocodile Dundee when he's out and at the bar and he's talking to this girl and figures out it. And it's the, uh, what, what? The Shayla's a bloke. <laughs> he's so surprised by it. This is how we should be like, but the Presbyterian's a Baptist. That <laughs> <laughs> Catholic's an evangelical. I can't believe it. He says with an Australian accent. That's just. We're starting to get. You know what I'm talking we're about. We're starting to get emails into the you know the Table Talk Radio inbox that start out by saying, "Hi, I'm Jim, and I'm not an Australian." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know why they'd have to say such things. Someone the other day was asking me if I know any other languages because I was talking about how I'm a language moron, oh, and I no. said only English and Australian. And you know, this is has to do with. Something that Flammy said the other day. He was re- he was reading something and he couldn't understand what it was because it was written by an Australian. I said, "Hold on, I can't translate." <laughs> he knows like forty different languages, but he doesn't know Australian. That's so. At least I'm some good to him. How, how do they spell "savior" in Australian? Savior, savior. It's spelled like that. Probably they probably put the unnecessary "u" in there. The pompous "u." The pompous "u." <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah, we speak real English by adding, integrated by adding e's to the end of words that don't need it, and use. Oh, anyway. mm-hmm. All right, so I found an article here that says twenty-four theological words every Southern Baptist should know. So let's oh, wow. see what's on the list here. Um, the Baptists a Calvinist. Uh, oh, I get it. So look, there's twelve. There's 12 um, from a pastor and 12 from a professor. So you get a pick. Do you want a word from the pastor or the professor? Uh, pastor, okay. of course. <laughs> All right, I'm going to give you number 10, sovereignty. This says, the biblical idea that God's sovereignty includes all that is involved in his kingship and consists of at least three matters. Number one, ownership of everything there is because he created it. Two, authority and that God has absolute right to impose his will on his creatures and creation. And number three, control, because God is the master of his universe and rules over all that takes place. Now, I don't think I object with anything in that definition. Do you? Nope. Okay, good. So uh, we agree with the uh, definition and theological notion of sovereignty. But here, I think, is where uh, we would want to make a distinction is that when you and I have comfort in our Lord for his saving work, his saving work does not come via his sovereignty, but via his incarnation, his his lowliness, his humility. So that uh, we, we object nothing about the idea of sovereignty. God is sovereign, to be sure. Um, but if we only look to the sovereign God, we... Uh, look to a God who is silent about our salvation until we see a God who sends his son into human flesh, uh, lying in weakness, 
uh, you know, in the, in the weakness of a manger, perhaps, uh, or better, crucified on a cross for us, and there is our salvation. So, so that God saves us not by flexing his arms, but by uh, uh, giving up his strength uh, to be to, to, to suffer, to suffer for us. Yes. Boom. Boom. So sovereignty yep. is your Boom. word. So I got, so let's okay. just, re, let's recap. The theological buzzword you have given me to use during the course of the conversation is theological cross-dresser, and the theological word that I've given you to use during the course of the conversation is sovereignty. That sounds pretty fair. It's pretty, pretty even. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. All right. Well, taking a look at today's lineup, we're going to be reading some emails. Um, Pastor, why don't you kick us off with uh, tackling the email for us? I got this one. Search for silver bullets. Do you want this one? Yes. Pastors, Wolf me on the gig line. My name is Jordan. I'm a 36-year-old LCMS Lutheran guy over in Washington State. I've been a member of the Missouri Synod since my family joined back in the mid-90s. I've moved around a lot in the last 25 years and had the opportunity to be the new guy at a handful of different congregations. Uh, a few different things that I've observed have helped through most churches, and I'd like to share one with you, and that is the search for the silver bullet that will bring in those, quote, young folks, usually landing on new music. Quote, we need this new praise music to bring in and keep the young ones, I've heard a number of times. Well, I can't speak for others. I can speak from my own perspective. Me and my friends, both guys and girls, grew up listening to the likes of Metallica and the other hard and heavy metal music. As I've aged, blues rifts have entered into my taste, but I still lean towards the sounds of the heavy metal guitar. So what does this mean? You will never, let me repeat, never win me over with soft rock praise music of today. <laughs> and please, don't switch to heavy metal on my account either. <laughs> Once you change all music to cater to my taste, you're going to lose some others. Each of us has different sets of tastes when it comes to music. You'll constantly be changing to try to find where we are. You will always be letting go of another group that can't stand a certain genre as you switch from one to the next. But don't fret. The truth is I don't go to church to listen to music. I'm in the Missouri Senate because of its teaching. Ooh. Bump, bump, bump. Can you believe that? Someone going I mean, to church I think because this is, of the teaching? I think this is a trick. I think someone wrote this music. You know who it is? I think this is a church growth pastor. This is a whole trick. And they're trying to get us to keep doing our boring liturgical worship so people will leave our churches because they, if we all we do is teach the doctrine, nobody will obviously stay. This is okay. Have anyway. you and I, for uh, in a while, talked about how many churches have, uh, have been destroyed because of the notion that says, well, if, if we want young the young folks in church we need to change our music to something that they would like and in doing so they teach something to their own congregation about what is worship and so now you got you know you got aunt mildred playing the guitar and you have um rocking it out yeah and and you have uh, wilbur uh playing the drums <laughs> and you teach the people oh well this this is what worship is supposed to look like but you know what that church down the road they have a more rockin' band than what the Lutherans can put together, so we might as well just go to the more rockin' band. And That's <laughs> right. churches all over the country have been destroyed because they had a false notion of what worship should be in order to bring people in. And they were destroyed from—I mean, we just let it happen. I mean, th th this destruction was—I mean, it was a gambit by the church growth guy. I mean, because the other thing is to do to do a good contemporary worship set. This is not—you've got to have not only young people but a bunch of money— and it tricks the little churches into shooting themselves in the foot. Mm -hmm. Well, let's hear more from Jordan on this topic right after this break. You are listening to Table Talk Radio 
And what's your favorite praise song? We'll crunch it here on the air. Just get, send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. More Table Talk Radio right after this. Stay tuned. This is our opening hymn on Sunday. It's in the young people. Rejoicing in Colorado and Oregon over the addition of one Table Talk Radio listener. In the 99,000, listening to issues, etc. I save all the good stuff for grappling with the text, a little video Bible study that you could find at worldvieweverlasting.com. We're back. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Checking our emails, questions at tabletalkradio.org. Jordan has sent us an email about searching for silver bullets. So far, uh, soft rock music is not the silver bullet. Jordan says that he attends his LCMS church because of the teaching. Uh, what else does Jordan say? We've, we've recognized this as a temptation from the devil. Obviously, teaching is not why people come to church. So this Jordan is obviously uh, lying, trying to tempt us to teach the doctrine like Jesus commanded no, instead no, no, of no. hunting don't after. You, don't you remember Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them soft rock music? That's in there. <laughs> teaching them the blues riffs I've commanded you? <laughs> That's, I'm pretty no, sure. No, all, all joking aside, I mean, there, there, even just, you know, so one of the problems with the church growth, you know, capital C, capital G, church growth movement, the idea of applying sociology, the science of sociology to the life of the church so that the church can grow, and it transforms the church into a business. Okay, let's just, that, that is idolatry, obviously, and should be rejected, but let's just play along with the game for a little bit, okay? Let's say the church is a business and you want to grow the business. Well, what do you do? when you're growing a business the answer is you do what you do well and what is the 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 only thing that the lutheran church is good at is teaching the is having the true doctrine it just so happens that we're the only church with the true what's only that is our specialty is being right about jesus <laughs> so that even if you wanted to if you wanted to run the thing like a business you would emphasize the do, you'd teach You'd be, uh, uh, you'd be a, a Lutheran church that embraces your Lutheran identity. You don't go chasing after the way that the evangelicals do it because they do it better than you. And you're going to lose your market share with the, this pagan way of thinking and talking. But do you see what I'm getting at? Yeah. So the only thing we're good at is teaching. So we probably ought to teach. Well, I mean, there's no way around it. Even if you have bad assumptions about what the church is, you end up in the same place. Teach the doctrine. Be Lutheran. This is something that's crossed my mind, too. You know, I'll... I'll... I'll let you know what I've been thinking about, and then you tell me if it's a, a proper application or not. But um, in our church, for Ladies Bible Study, we've been going through the book of Jeremiah, and we do about a chapter a week or so. And, uh, you know, st- studying Jeremiah, I mean, it's it's a bit, uh, shall we say, um, law-heavy on the idolatry. <laughs> and what was going on is that, you know, they're bringing... Uh, uh, not only are they chasing after false gods, but they're bringing false worship into the temple of God so that uh, you go to the temple and you find uh, Baal worship or uh, Ashra worship going on in the temple. And one of the things that Jeremiah rebukes so sharply is that they were bringing worship from you know the Canaanites or wherever else uh, into the temple of God. And I can't help but 
parallel that to today, that the things that we have brought into our worship services are not things that have been instituted by God, commanded by God, uh, or just brought up through the life of the church over uh, you know uh, the generations, um, but they're things that have been brought in from worldliness to attract people to come to our church. So, I mean, just kind of step back and say, okay, we've got the, the band up front, and uh, people are waving their arms. Now, where did that come from? Did that come from something that God has instituted or God that had instructed? And the answer is no. That if you if you watched a worship service on on DVD and and hit mute, and then watched a a concert and hit mute, could you tell the difference between those two things going on? And I don't know. I mean, depending on the setting, I don't know that you could. Uh, so so that what we've done is we've just borrowed the whole music concert scene and and transplant it into the church. And how is that much different than the idolatry that they brought into the temple in the days of Jeremiah? Yeah, no different. F- it's fa- the same. It's the same phenomenon. It's in fact, this is what I mean. We don't have to work hard to get there. They've to- they've they've told us that that's what they're doing by giving it the name contemporary. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> time tested contemporary you know, worship. It's just. <laughs> What are you guys doing? Well, it's contemporary. It's with the times. It's like, whoa, whoa. Uh, huh. Uh, <laughs> hmm. That means it wasn't with the old times, right? Yeah, like the times when Jesus was hanging around. It's different than that, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, that's what contemporary is. It is means worldly. <laughs> I mean, there's no way around the just the what the word is. So if we're going to let them, I mean, and they're the ones that gave themselves that stupid name, contemporary. I mean, as if... Also, the liturgy isn't happening now, or whatever. But the, but they've what they've said is we're cutting ourselves off from the uh, you know from the old stuff, which includes the institution of Jesus. I have one more thought on this. I, um, one of a couple from our church were doing presentations on their trip to Jerusalem, and they were invited by a neighboring. Uh, I don't know. If, I think it's just a, a independent non-denominational church. But it was interesting because this church. They had a piano and they had, you know, uh, you know, hymns. And they said, you know, we don't go for that new kind of worship. We have the old kind of worship, which meant, you know, piano and hymns. And I was saddened by that. Um, I mean, I, I was glad they weren't going after the new stuff, I, I suppose. But, but for us, for Lutherans, our insistence upon uh, so-called traditional worship is not about our style like it was for that little church. Like they just wanted to hold on to the hymns more than the new songs or the, the old instruments or the new instruments. But our, our insistence upon this is that what we're abandoning when we go with the praise band is we're abandoning, abandoning the, uh, the, 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 the cradle of the sacraments, if you will, that the, that the liturgy is what delivers God's word. Uh, it was the, the, the words that were found in the mouths of God's people for years and years and years. So, I mean, I like to talk about in our church, you know, the the, the particular verses that were used throughout the liturgy. So um, here we are at the, uh, uh, you know, preparing for the Lord's table, and we sing the Sanctus, holy, 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 and we look it up in Isaiah chapter 6, where this comes up, and it's uh, 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 Isaiah who can't even approach this 
altar because he is a man of sin, uh, sinful lips. And so <laughs> the angel has to take tongs, you know, because angel, this, this coal is too hot for the angel. He takes tongs, touch it to That's Isaiah's great. lips, and his he's purified of his sin. And I, I mean, I think that the the first Christians saw that verse in Isaiah and said, this is like what's going on at the Lord's Supper, that God's uh, Jesus' body and blood is coming to our lips and we receive the forgiveness of sins. So this verse belongs right here in the service. Now, to throw all that away for a, a praise band is tragic. How how do you think it would be if instead of like calling the Sanctus the Sanctus, we called it the Isaiah 6? Huh. Or we called the Nook Dominus the Luke 2 or the ben, uh, the Magnificat the Luke 2. Or we called the um, Agnus Dei the John 1. Uh, uh, that's interesting. so we say... Now we'll, we'll sing together uh, John one twenty nine. Yeah. And now we'll sing together Isaiah six four, three. Or now now we're gonna sing the create in me. We're gonna sing the what is that create in me? That's the, we'll sing the Psalm fifty one. Or yeah, Psalm fifty one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, so, I get I get feedback all the time. Um, you know that the something that the Lutheran service book hymnal has done is put the scriptural citations in the right hand margin of those parts of the liturgy, and I hear all the time how much people appreciate that because. Um, maybe you and I have always known, yeah, that's where it comes from. And we neglect to think that people walking in don't know what these words are or where they come from. But lo and behold, they come right from God's sacred word. And so we use his word yeah. and speak it back to him. Yep. Yep. And to let people know it. I mean, so you say, oh, so so if if that's how, if we were to speak of the liturgy like that, as, you know, here's the Lord's word. Say, well, what, what part do you want to take out of the liturgy? Do you want to take out the Luke 1 part? Or do you want to take out the Luke 2 part? Or do you want to take out the... The Revelation seven part. You want to take out the Psalm fifty one part and or, replace it with what? Um, yeah, that's right. Some dude so, who just you know is trying to graduate high school and plays the drums just wrote right, right. So I mean, so it's ridiculous. So uh, what do you think is better than the uh, than the evangelist Luke? <laughs> yeah, but, I don't know. Yep. Anyway, I don't okay, know. Jordan continues. Telling the truth, what's kept me in the church, a few solid adult Bible study classes while I was in my late 20s, held me through those years of questioning things. It was one of those in-depth studies with a teacher who was ready and willing to field all of our questions. He could speak to the Greek text, even had a fair amount of knowledge of Hebrew language and culture. It was perfect for me at that age. The teaching is the same thing keeping me around today, too. Funny thing about this, no fancy band equipment needs to be purchased. No young, hip leaders with gelled hair and tight jeans. Just good, <laughs> solid teachers spending their time with their members, cultivating God's word into their brains, giving the Holy Spirit a chance to do his thing. Bible studies are something that can be done with all age groups, with all kinds of folks, no matter what kind of music they listen to in their car ride to the church. Yours truly, Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. That we appreciate that feedback, and we hope that that is informative for some of our listeners. Um, that uh, I I, I hope they don't buy into his trick. <laughs> I hope the pastors mission out there just don't think that they need to teach and give up all this, uh, you know, social science studies. And you, it's not so easy. You can't just teach to reach the young and the old like Jesus commanded. There's so much more to it than that. Don't don't buy into it, listener, Jordan. Oh, Jordan, trick. trying to trick us. All right. All right, we have just about 30 seconds. Tell us what's coming up next on Table Talk Radio, Pastor Wolf Mueller. Uh, we are going to, are we going to do this? We are going to look at the Ten Commandments in the news, what's missing in the evil debate, and then we've also got some preaching to Hollywood coming up where, what, the Dalai Lama and uh, and was uh, talking about 
with Lady Gaga about mass shootings. We're going to try to do that in the next couple of breaks. Do you think we could do it both? Uh, maybe. We'll have to maybe pick which one goes first just in case we don't have time for both. But yeah, we will do our have our darndest try. Well, we'll just yes. give it our best. Darndest? <laughs> darndest? You got darndest surrounded? We're going to grab a darndest and give it a whirl. Darndest. All right. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. We do want to hear from you. The toll-free number is one eight four four. Nope. What's our, what's our phone number? 1-800-385-SOLA. I haven't done this in such a long time. Grab the numbers. This is Dr. Carl Fikencher, professor at Concordia Theological Seminary. Table Talk Radio is the best radio program ever. Okay, I said it. Now we let me go. I'm reading Luther's sermons from the House Postal every week. You can find it at www.hope-aurora.org. Click on the Luther Sermon Podcast. I don't know about you, but when I'm looking for answers to life's toughest questions, I usually go to... Dalai Lama, Lady Gaga, and boy, do I have a treat for you! <laughs> if they, if you, if we could find perhaps in the universe them together on a panel, <laughs> then we would have reached it. Oh, lo you know, and behold! I... <laughs> what? United... You've got to be kidding! Oh no! I, I'll tell you one of the things. I, how would we do this show before the internet? You know, the thing called the internet, where you can find all sorts of. Crazy Im- nonsense. Important uh, panel discussions like those. That's with what I meant to say. Dalai Lama and Lady Gaga at the U.S. Conference of Mayors in Indianapolis. I mean, this is. I mean, even that. Like, okay, we're gonna have a conference for mayors, which, which I didn't know that existed, but that makes sense. You know, we get all the biggest uh, cities mayors in one spot for a conference, and who should we get talk to them? You know, Lady Gaga and the Dalai Lama. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Hey, look! Don't 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 insult them too much, because it could be that one day you and I get invited to this conference, and then we're going to be really not know what to do because we made fun of it. I'm pretty sure that that's not going to happen on a, several different hey, la- hey, levels. You never know what's going to happen. You have such a pessimistic view of history. <laughs> I think things are going to turn around. We'd have to start uh, doing a little the- theological cross dressing to get in- invited to this thing. <laughs> Hey, hey, hey. Ding. That's the best I can do I with way, a word like that. No way did I think that you were going to get that. I'm giving you the full 500 points for the yes. use of the buzzword yes. there. All right. So uh, this is, I think, during a Q&A section, and uh, Lady Gaga is giving her philosophy of life in the realm of um, bad things happening in this world. Here's the, um, what's the word, expert... Lady Gaga on world questions. In times of chaos and, and crisis, what we all tend to do, right, is start pointing fingers at where we think the bad guys are, where the evil is. We all start arguing. Everybody has different opinions about that. Please do Who's not Who's talking forget. in the background? Oh, that's the Dalai Lama's translator. He's whispering into his ear. Oh, oh. I thought that someone was just like, hey, Lady Gaga, like, hey, quiet. I'm trying to make a <laughs> profound point here. Okay, sorry. All right, so so, so far uh, in Mode of Chaos, our first intuition is to point out who the bad guys are. Okay. And, yeah, you know, yeah, I right. mean, look, 
here we are. I mean, this is our first Table Talk Radio recording since the Las Vegas shooting. And, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I almost see a pattern in how these things go. I mean, not, not that I delight in this, but when there's a shooting, the first thing that happens in the media is that you want to find all the background on the, on the shooter and then, you know, point out anything that, um, anything that would point to reasons why he did it. You know, he was mentally ill or he was bullied in school, all this kind of thing. And then what comes next are the, the hero stories to, I mean, not that I, I, I'm trying to, um, criticize this, but, but just the, the kind of, there's always a rotation of stories that happen after this. So now you have the hero stories that kind of make us feel, feel better about the situation. And then there's the, you know, gun control debate. And it's just almost like a cycle. I mean, I can almost predict what story is coming next after a shooting. Um, but I think in so far as that goes, she's right that the first thing we want to do is point out who the bad guys are, be it, you know, uh, gun gun activists or the lack of gun control or whatever um but let's see what where where she goes with it that hatred or evil whatever you want to call it it's intelligent it's smart and it's invisible it doesn't have a color it doesn't have a race it doesn't have a religion it has no politics it's an invisible snake that while it is planning to make its attack, it is thinking to itself, I am going to divide my enemy into smaller, less strong groups, and then I'm going to make them hate each other. Let's pause it right there. Um, wow. That is, uh, that is surprising. Yeah, are you surprised how profound from the Lady, Lady Gaga, Gaga is? <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is the kind of stuff you have to say to get in, invited to the mayor's conference in Indianapolis. Well, what if I said, "Hey, there's a devil." Do you think that since that's what she said, you have no, to no, say no, it no, very no, 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 secret the, because this there's an invisible personality the, of evil, right? Snakey. Yeah, this this evil invisible snake or hatred is smart and invisible. So. Uh, isn't that interesting? I mean, the way that we describe evil is um, in a way that is not real, but real, <laughs> you know, that we have. <laughs> I mean, because if you, if you start making evil too real, you have to imply that there's something opposite that evil. And we can't, definitely can't go there. Yeah. That is interesting. But it's, she did say, right, the evil has a personality. It doesn't have politics or a color or race. It's not, mm-hmm. but it does have. A, there's a personality of evil. There's a will, an evil will. Which I mean, this is Lady Gaga believes in the devil more than most pastors do. Apparently, mm-hmm. um, it is wrong though what she says that the, the evil does not have a theology because the devil certainly has a theology. Well, um, well, I, I think what, what interests me is that you hear you're, you're talking about an evil. And this is what's part of what our, our Ten Commandments in the News is about, too, if we have time to get to it. You have this evil, and that would seem to imply that there's another side to it. But so far, what she's set up is that the other side is us. You know, so, so that the devil uh, or this... Yes, this, yes, it's out there. It's completely externalized. Right. So yeah, that, and we're the good. That this yeah, evil wants saying. wants to divide us, but we need to be the ones who triumph over. So we're, we're in a sense, placing ourselves as God or the good that combats the evil. So if 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 we figure out how to not 
um, be divided, then we'll have the triumph over the evil invisible force that is without race or mm-hmm. religion. Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting. You want, you want some more? Yeah, yeah, I want some more. So that it's easier to take them down. And as we're all yelling at This idea at of the devil other, dividing us is, is also a true thing. That, I mean, it's one of the things that we note about... Um, uh, about so the picture that the Bible gives to this is in like Revelation sixteen or seventeen, where it begins the chapter with the with the prostitute riding on the beast. So you have the false church and the false state, and they're they're attacking the church together. But by the end of this, by the end of the chapter, they've turned on each other, and now the beast is eating the prostitute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so the um, evil kind of destroys itself. But this I, this sense of of division. Uh, or especially of isolation, Luther notes that one of the things the devil wants to do is is to think that we're all alone in this, so that so that Peter, for example, will say, "Hey, um, uh, the same suffering that you're going through is common to all your brothers in the whole world." Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that Luther was oftentimes tempted to think that you know how. I mean, so the devil would come along with this accusation: How could you alone have this? Uh, have this truth. I mean, do you really think that the entire church is wrong and, and you alone have the truth? And so that was a, a temptation that bothered Luther quite a bit. Um, but but I, uh, what you bring up is a, is a, is a we, we can see this at play in the church today. I mean, how many, uh, under, the, under the religion of Christianity, how many denominations and divisions are there uh, doctrinally? Now, it's ironic. I mean, the, the, the devil would delight then in that division because, and can you imagine... I mean, this is just unfathomable for us, but can you imagine a church here on earth that uh, that would be united in doctrine, that we would all somehow believe the truth? Now, the ironic thing is that the the Lutherans, especially the Missouri Synod Lutherans, uh, are oftentimes criticized, oh, you're, you guys are just too divisive with your insistence upon doctrine. But it's our, I mean, if you don't insist upon doctrine, why don't you just agree with us then? <laughs> you know, I mean, if it doesn't matter to you, then just change your belief to fit ours and we'll be united. But you see, those who would insist that we're being divisive on our assistance on, in doctrine is also making an assertion of doctrine. Uh, I mean, <laughs> for some right. reason, they want us to give up what we believe, but they get a hold of what they believe. Yeah, that's always how it is, you know? Ah, it's crazy. But here we have to say, look, we, we have a very low bar for for theological unity. You just got to agree on gospel and sacraments. That's it. So whenever we seem like the mean ones that are causing the division, say, no, 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 no. Just these things that Jesus gives. That's all we want to agree on, because to disagree on that is to insult Jesus. And it's always at these points that the devil attacks, right? The 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 devil attacks the means of grace. He attacks the mechanism that the Holy Spirit uses to get the gospel to us. So we're not surprised by it. Mm-hmm. Okay, more from Lady Gaga. Which group it is that's causing the problem, evil's winning. All around us. So we have to get rid of those labels. Oh, it's labels that do These it. These different factions, gay, straight, um, rich, poor, uh, um, Mentally ill, not mentally ill. Gun owner, not gun owner. None of this man, lady can matter anymore. <laughs> Gaga. We are lady unified Gaga. in our humanity. And the only thing that we all know 
we all appreciate in one another is kindness. So this has to come before all things, and you must operate relentlessly this way with everything you have. Forget about the money. When you talk to the people, kindness. go out and talk to the people. Look them in the eye. Stern Speak kindness. to them. Mobilize the kids. They're smart. They're smart, and they believe because they are not yet jaded. They believe the world can change. Okay, so that is Lady evil Gaga. Evil is totally outside of us. That's see, this is the thing. It's true that there's a person of evil, but it's also true that the devil has an ally in our sinful flesh. Indeed, I agree. And we will be discussing this right after this break. You are listening to Table Talk Radio, and we'll be discussing uh, Lady Gaga's remarks about evil right after this break. Stay tuned. Table Talk Radio. It's like spinach. We know you don't want to, but it's good for you. Hey, daily devotions for your family. Around the Word is found at whatdoesthismean.org. That's Lady Gaga. We are listening to Lady Gaga talk with the Dalai Lama at the U.S. conference. That is amazing. <laughs> it is amazing how she's singing about her own theology because she was talking about how, how evil is this person outside of us but is the enemy of humanity, and we are essentially good. You know, that's now I, you were talking about how these stories kind of script out. You know, you see the tragedy uh, of the shooting or whatever, and then it goes and you have the rallies and you have the blood drives and you have and, and, and then you have the heroic stories. And and you do have finger pointing. I mean, Lady Gaga said, don't point your finger at the enemy. But when there's an enemy there, you don't just point your finger at him. You point the gun at him. <laughs> and we're glad <laughs> that the police were there to do that in Las Vegas and so forth. But then what happens, strangely enough, is you start to have, as people meditate on the tragedy, you start to have them, they talk about how good people are mm -hmm. and how in the midst of tragedy, how, how tragedy points to the goodness of people. This has always been astonishing to me because it seems like tragedy should point to the wickedness of people. And we see now how truly wicked people are, but we don't, right. we don't take it like this. We see the tragedy, we use it for an apologetic for optimism. Yeah, no, it was because we, we have to overcome the... The wickedness that we've seen in humanity with something, and uh, I mean, oh, I should have got this audio. This this was this was classic, and by that I mean classically bad. That uh, Vice President Pence was speaking uh, in Las Vegas, and he said, um, "You know, we're grieving, we're grieving with you, but we don't grieve as those who have no hope, because we grieve with those uh, who have heroes." <laughs> So, so oh, he, he quotes he quotes scripture about not grieving as those who have no hope. And what's our hope? It's not in the resurrection of Christ Jesus, which of course I wouldn't expect the vice president to say that. But he attributes the hope that we have, for which we do not grieve, into the heroes that we have. So we have to we have to overcome wicked humanity with goodness stories of other people who uh, have shown forth their goodness, so that we can almost forget or cover over the wickedness of this one person. 
Well, I was down at a pastor's conference this week, and amongst everything else, it was really interesting, the presentation. But one of the things that the presenter said was he was talking about ethics and how there's a secular ethicist who said that um, your ethics reflects your hero. Hmm. Who your hero is is how you'll act. Now, I think this is really interesting because then it has this question, well, who is our are, are, who are our heroes today? And now I think I see your point with, I'm, I'm kind of riffing off it a little bit because it circles back around to this question is why the heck, why the heck is Lady Gaga the presenter at a bunch of mayor's conferences? I mean, what does Lady Gaga know? But we have the, the, um, she sang the song. Didn't you the hear entertainment it? and the celebrities of our day are our heroes. There's a cult of celebrity, which is, you know, I think we make fun of the Greek gods. You know how, like, any sort of atheists that wants to come along and talk to you, and then one of the things that, hey, we quit believing in Zeus, and so we also quit believing in Jesus. Ha ha ha. You know, we're so so much more sophisticated than those mm. these dupes of the ancient world. We don't have, we don't believe in the gods, but we, you know, what we do have, which is even worse, is we have celebrities. I mean, they are that. Uh, Olympus has been replaced with Hollywood. And instead of worrying about, you know, who Zeus is having sex with, we're wondering about who Brad Pitt is going to bed with. I mean, this is the it's, but it's the same precise phenomenon. You have this uh and so and so now you say, well, who who should we get to talk about this stuff? Well, find a celebrity. What, what, what why? I mean, the celebrities know as much about the reality of the world as the old Greek gods did, which is nothing. I mean, it's just useless stuff, but we still just Go right for it. It's, we're crazy. On one level, I don't know what else to expect from Lady Gaga and the Dalai Lama because you remove you know, Christ or even a divinity, and where else are you going to find? I mean, all, all you have before us is the, the, the people on this, on this world, in, in this world. And, uh, I mean, this, this was Lady Gaga's explanation. So here we have something terrible like a shooting, and we need to cover this over with good works, but look around. I mean, people are uh, rioting one another in the middle of our cities, and so what's the problem here? The real problem is that we're letting ourselves be divided by some abstract evil that's a snake that's invisible. And rather than just saying the reason we're fighting one another in the streets is because we're all sinners. I mean, that, uh, and this this is going to be the shocking thing that, that most people aren't going to want to accept, that the the sinful nature that uh, allowed and com- even compelled a person to open fire on a crowd is the same sinful nature that you and I are born of. Mm-hmm. Um, now that now we we want to say, well, I may be a sinner, but I'm not a sinner that that's that that's that bad. But what's the difference between the sinful state and the sinful nature that you're born into and that shooter was born into? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, th- th- this is what humanity looks like, and it's not good. Uh, we-, we need our Lord Jesus who does something about it, and he does by by being born into human flesh to be the object of terror and be the object of hatred and sin so that he would put it all to death and redeem us, a lost and, and condemned people. Um, that's mm-hmm. that's the answer. No No hero story other than that hero will suffice. Mm-hmm. That's it. No, you're 100% right on that. 100% right. Well, thank right. you. I don't know. If I was 100% right, I would think I'd get some points out of the deal. Okay, man. I'll give you <laughs> five more points. All right. You want to hear a little bit from the dollar? I, 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 oh, yeah, I do. I was going to say, I've got a, by the way, uh, the, um, a new gun control thing. Have I talked about this, That my gun control criteria? 
Uh-uh, go ahead. That I'm not generally in favor of gun control because I like the Constitution, or at least I think we should follow the rule of law, and I think there's some wisdom there to it. But, but the problem is that we're not... We don't act like human beings anymore. We act like animals. And so this is, should be my rule, is you're allowed to own guns if you don't believe in evolution. <laughs> but if you believe in evolution, you should not have a gun because you don't give a gun to a monkey. It's pretty simple. <laughs> so if you are an evolutionist, you're out. Also, if you're Muslim, but uh, never mind that. <laughs> Mostly, let's focus here on the evolutionist. Because this should be the question. Is this guy who shot up these people, is he an evolutionist? I mean, this was... this. I don't know. Maybe you think I'm nuts here, but I, yeah, there's are. really something. I mean, if we if we stop acting like human beings, then we probably should not have the authority to, you know, to end a life in our hands. That's my thing. Wolf in there for president 2020. There it is. There's your campaign starts <laughs> right my, here. This is a, Table Talk Radio is going to ruin any chance I've got at political office. <laughs> There's way too much on record. Oh, I know. The, the, can you Theological imagine? cross-dressing. Yeah, exactly. Don't guns to evolutionists. <laughs> this, show, this show single-handedly is wrecking my future. That's right. Oh, well. All right, let's hear a little God bit from the Dalai Lama about the same topic. Systematic. Uh, a sort of way to educate uh, from the kindergarten up to university level. So these basic human nature, as I mentioned earlier, compassionate. That our own experience, the seven billion human beings, including these mayors. You come from one's own mother, and. We received oh, maximum affection. That is amazing. It is this, you're right. It is the same. It's the same doctrine. So everybody has, as you mentioned, the great potential from birth and biologically there. Now our education uh, should now uh, strengthen or bring awareness, usefulness about these basic or good quality. Okay, so we're born with basic good quality, but what's lacking is that we need to educate people so that almost awakens or alivens this good quality that we're born with. So the problem is a lack of education or lack of training to almost aliven the goodness that we're born with. You know, just like she's saying in the song, born this way. Yeah, born this way. So we're basically like good matter, like our atoms are all big fans of each other, you know. Our molecules love each other. But now we gotta we gotta shape the molecules in loving directions or something. But isn't this interesting that so so you have uh, two worldviews trying to explain the wickedness of humanity. Um, the Christian worldview says uh, as God's creation uh, b- before before the first sin was good and perfect, uh, but since this since the fall into sin Every human being born thereafter is born uh, wicked and corrupt with selfish ambition. Um, And the Dalai Lama and Lady Gaga religion says that, no, 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 we're all born good and compassionate, but the reason these bad things happen is they lack the education or the training or the awakenness to to use that. And so what's, what's the problem? Well, the problem is that people are being trained to be divisive. They're they're trained to put labels on other people. That's why there's wickedness. You know, if 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 people weren't trained to be judging others, if people weren't trained to be uh, saying uh, in crowd out crowd, 
you know, a straight, gay, uh, uh, a black, white. If if you weren't trained for those things, then wickedness and evilness wouldn't exist. If you were trained to be more inclusive, then you would see a people who are compassionate and kind. That's amazing, isn't it? That's a, just a yeah. I mean, you're right. You're a hundred percent right. So that that's that that is the theology there, and um, and it's just wrong. It's just dead wrong. I mean, it it takes no account to human sin. There's no there's no place for it. Um. Huh. Yep, and that is going to do it for today's show. So thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like the sovereignty of Mount Hollywood. <laughs> the gods of Mount Hollywood. Uh, I thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk it. Radio. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to start a vaccine, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight a capitalist on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org. I think our voiceover guy just made that stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>